Wonderland. You know, Christmas, it seems to just be this time of wonder where uh, every Christmas I find myself um, just kind of wondering and uh, thinking it's a time that I find I have a lot of questions. Um, It's a time of introspection where, you know, I just kind of reflect and... um, you know, last week we started out uh, talking about when did Christmas get, get reduced? Uh, when, when did we lose the wonder uh, of it all? And uh, we talked about if we're going to recapture or capture the, the wonder of Christmas, then we've got to look in the manger. That it, it, when we look in the manger, I mean really look, you find God. And that changes everything. And today what I want to do is, I'm wondering, where is your focus this Christmas? Where are you looking for Jesus this Christmas? You know, the the Christmas season, it's in full swing. It it would seem almost uh, impossible that we could go through the season and miss Christmas. But the fact is, it happens. I mean, as you look, the, the whole world's kind of being transformed. Uh, businesses and neighborhoods and homes, uh, you see the light and, and the color, uh, all the decorations are, are visual reminders that it's Christmas. You know, sometimes when I'm driving, I'll drive around and I'll see a house that's decorated and it kind of catches your eye and I'll uh, slow down and... It makes me wonder. It sparks my imagination. Other times, it makes me wonder, what were they thinking? Uh, you know, I bet they're related to the Griswolds or something like that. You know, it's like, I'm glad I don't live next door to them. Uh, you know, sorry, Mom. Um, but they're visual reminders to us. Christmas. There's the sounds of Christmas. You know, music totally transitions this, this time of the year, whether you're in the stores or you listen on the radio. The other day I was at the, the hospital, and uh, I get on the elevator, and it's playing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and I thought, how appropriate. <laughs> wonder if she came there, you know. <laughs> Christmas is in the air. Your taste buds. Does it taste like Christmas? You know, fruitcake, candy canes, bazellis, sugar cookies, and all the gift giving, you know, making lists, checking it twice. We got all of these reminders that it's a season, it's Christmas, but it's easy. It's easy to miss if you're, if you're not careful. You can miss it. So where's your focus this Christmas? Where are you looking for Jesus this Christmas? You know, every time I, I read the, the Christmas story, I find myself wondering, you know, I wonder if I had been there that very, very first Christmas, what would I have been doing? You know, I, I wonder if I would have made it to the manger. And so what I want to do today is kind of unpack uh, the Christmas story, talk about some of the characters in the Christmas story that um, 
my hope is by us looking at these individuals that we could remember the reason for the season. And I know that's so cliche, but I truly believe that we've got to get a handle on what the season's really about, that we get the focus right this year, that we find our way to, to the manger. I mean, think about like the innkeeper. You know, a little, little trivia, okay? What was the innkeeper's name? Well, I know it wasn't Tom Bodet, you know, because he didn't leave light on for him, you know. Scripture doesn't even mention an innkeeper. The only reference we have is uh, Luke. Luke says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, he's talking about Mary, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. That's the only reference we have to an innkeeper. I mean, how, how did Mary and Joseph find out there was no room for them? Don't know. We just don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe the, the innkeeper wasn't even on duty that night. Maybe the innkeeper was consumed with, with work. You know, maybe he was seizing the opportunity to make some extra cash. All we know from history is if you were in the hotel business, it was booming. And my guess is, because I don't think they were a whole lot different than we are today, that they were making some serious money. You know, that, that rates were at a, at a peak because Caesar had called for a census. It required everybody to head back to the town that they were born in, which meant people were traveling, which meant rates were probably going sky high. People were fighting for, for rooms. Bethlehem wasn't a popular tourist spot. Wasn't in that day, isn't today, really. It's off the beaten path. You know, it's a little out-of-the-way town in the hill country of Judea. But this tiny town of Bethlehem was about to be infiltrated by thousands of people. And my guess is, this is just my guess, okay, the infrastructure really couldn't handle all the people that were coming to town. We, we know that uh, we, Mary and Joseph are in town. We know why they're there. And we know that there was no room for them in the inn, probably because it had been rented out already. I mean, maybe, maybe the, the innkeeper had shut down, turned the lights off, put up the no vacancy sign, we don't really know. Maybe, maybe he refused to answer the door. Maybe they knocked and he just didn't answer. You know, maybe he was in Jerusalem running around. Maybe he was buying Hanukkah gifts. We, we don't really know what was going on. Perhaps he was apologetic about it. Maybe he was uncaring. We just know that there wasn't room. You know, I've, I've wondered if maybe he just refused to give him a room. You know, when Mary and Joseph showed up, he kind of assessed the situation. He saw she was pregnant. He saw there wasn't a wedding ring. Maybe he just flat out refused to give him a place. We just don't know. What we know is there was no place for them in the end. I wonder if um, later, 
if the innkeeper uh, realized what he had missed. You know, I wonder if he regretted later not renting them the room. I wonder if he ever figured it out, you know, what had really taken place that day. And if he did, you know, because he was a businessman, maybe, maybe he capitalized on the opportunity, used it part of a grand campaign for his hotel, you know, something like Bethlehem Inn, the birthplace of Jesus, with stables fit for a king. Imagine what our rooms are like. Yeah. Here's what I wonder today. How many of you are going to miss Christmas this year? Because you're just busy, you know, sending cards and decorating, getting your lists, you know, chasing bargains, doing all this stuff, you know, baking cookies, attending parties, preparing dinners, and you don't make room for the Savior. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, if you could have seen the future and you were the innkeeper, how many of you would have asked someone to leave so that you could make some room for Mary and Joseph? You know, how many of you would have asked someone else to leave? Come on. I know some of you are thinking, well, I'd gladly ask some of my family to leave if, uh, if I could, you know. Here's what I want to encourage you to do this year. Do some innkeeping in your life. You know, make a decision this year what is in and what's out this Christmas. I mean, what needs to go in your life what things need to be pushed aside so that you can make room for Jesus in your Christmas? Here's a question. What's your expectation this Christmas? Here's my observation about life. Is our expectations get in the way big time, especially during, during the holidays? You know, all these unspoken expectations of the perfect gift for the perfect price. Perfect meal with the perfect family. Good luck with that one, by the way. This Christmas is going to be perfect. And I want to tell you, that kind of mentality will mess you up. It will mess you up big time. Christmas is anything but perfect. In fact, I would argue that Christmas is about God reaching out to imperfect people in an imperfect world in a very perfect way. What are you expecting this Christmas? What are you looking for? What are you hoping for? What are you praying for? What are you preparing for? And then here's what I really wonder. Are you really looking for Jesus this Christmas? And if so, where are you looking for him? Now, I wonder uh, what uh, people were looking for. I wonder what they were hunting for that first Christmas. You know, we got the, the wise men. The wise men, they, they traveled to Jerusalem. You know, it's kind of the epicenter uh, of the religious faith at the time. 
Scripture says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? They show up, they ask Herod, they say, where is this king? You know, because we want to go and worship him. And, and it's interesting because Herod, he really doesn't have a lot of expectations. In fact, he is so concerned with protecting his kingdom, and he's, he's very contemporary, because immediately this guy dials in and says, how's this going to affect me? And he starts down this very self-serving path because, after all, it was all about him. And that's what he understood. And so he offers to help the Magi, but he's really not interested in helping them. He calls the religious leaders together, gets the scribes and the Pharisees, and, and he says, look, I need to understand where this king's at. Selfish motives. Again, he's protecting his turf. But what blows my mind, and every year I read this and I think, how in the world do we have all these religious leaders who have been looking for Christ to come? Thousands of years, they've been waiting. They've been anticipating. These guys take off and... They do some research and some study, and they come back and they say, look, the prophet Micah says that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And so these religious leaders who are serving God have given their lives to that. Not one of them shows up at the birth of Jesus. And every, t- every year I read that, I think, what? I mean, I wonder, what, what were these guys thinking? You, you would have thought that at least one of them, if for no other reason than curiosity, would have made a five-mile trip from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. It's just hard to comprehend. I mean, to miss the most profound moment in all of history but I'm going to guess it wasn't what they expected. I mean, maybe they expected a political leader. Maybe, maybe they thought that God would show up and it would be commanding. It would be a grand entrance with, with power and, and might. You know, maybe they thought that God would make everyone bow a knee. Maybe. Maybe they really wanted a savior of their own design. But what we know is that they said, you know what? That savior is going to be born in Bethlehem. They come back, they report to Herod. They say, Bethlehem's the answer. Herod tells the Magi, the Magi head immediately to Bethlehem to find the savior. And it, this is poignant to me because the Magi, these, these guys are secular. I mean, they are secular magicians, basically. They, they've been studying the stars. 
And by studying the stars, they realize something significant is happening on the planet Earth. Just because of a star? And so they start following it. And the Bible doesn't indicate whether everybody saw the star. We make an assumption that everybody saw the star, but who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe it's possible that the Magi, maybe they had special equipment. Uh, some have said that they may have been forerunners to Galileo. You know, maybe, maybe they were the only ones that could see the star because they had, they had the right kind of equipment. You know, maybe it was a special star, you know, that only the Magi could see. We, we really don't know. But what we do know is these guys came from the east. We know from history and archaeology that they were from Persia. Uh, they were probably Iranian, more than likely. Magi are kind of this combination of uh, astrologer, scientist, uh, doctor, philosopher in one. And we know that they traveled for months, and it's possible that they traveled for several years. And we know that they found the Savior in Bethlehem. What are you looking for this Christmas? Are you you looking for Jesus this Christmas? I know a a lot of people go, well, you know, I know the Bible, and I know the story, and I know the Christmas story, and I, I try and go to church every Christmas. That's okay. But do you know Jesus this Christmas? You know, what star are you following this Christmas? You know, where are you headed this Christmas? You know, when I think about the first Christmas, I think it was just messy. It was just messy. I, I'm not sure that uh, Mary and Joseph, when, when they first were planning things, you know, when they first got engaged, this isn't what they planned, trust me. They, they were probably excited uh, about getting engaged. You know, they're telling family, having engagement parties and preparing for a wedding. And then things got messy. I mean, it just got really, really messy in their life. An angel shows up, tells Mary she's pregnant. Can you imagine? I mean, Mary now has to tell Joseph that she's pregnant. And we know from Scripture that did not go well. That was not a good conversation. In fact, Joseph, he could have had her put to death, but Joseph, and this says what kind of man he was, he was a stand-up guy, because he decides what he will do is just walk away and dismiss her privately. And I know in our culture we go, well, that doesn't sound very stand-up. But for that day, that was stand-up. That was his plan. But God had another plan. In fact, an angel would press Joseph in a dream. Scripture says when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do and took Mary home as his wife. Is a messy Christmas. I mean, this couple, think about everything they had to go through. They're under a lot of family pressure. There would have been all kinds of questions and speculation and innuendos and jokes. Community would have been buzzing. Basically, people weren't buying their story. And in that day, they would have been shunned 
by most people. That may be why there wasn't room for him in the inn. And I am absolutely sure that Mary and Joseph were mistreated by people. It would have been a tough situation. And then it gets messier. She's nine months pregnant, and they're forced to travel 70 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of a census so they could pay more taxes. It was a great holiday. I always wondered what the trip would have been like. I mean, think about it. Mary, she's pregnant. They got to travel 70 miles. She probably walked, but she might have got a ride on the donkey. Mary's pregnant, and the roads are rough. Mary's pregnant, and there are no rest stops along the side of the road. Did I say Mary was pregnant? Some guy out there is going, well, how pregnant was she? You know, dumb question. (laughs) She was pregnant. And I'm sure that Mary was uncomfortable. And I am absolutely sure it was a very, very long trip. And after making this miserable journey, they get to Bethlehem, and there's no room in the inn. And they end up out back in a smelly, dirty stable. I mean, I wonder how things would have turned out if Mary and Joseph had not accepted God's plan for their life with the anticipation that they did. I think they could have missed the first Christmas. You know, sometimes I think we try to take the Christmas story and kind of sanitize it. You know, clean it up. Pretty it up. I mean, every time I see pictures of it or a reenactment of it, Mary, Mary looks perfect. She looks rested. She looks aglow. Joseph, Joseph always looks very stately, you know, freshly groomed. The stables, pristine. Well lit, tidy, no dust, nothing out of place. And the animals, Nice and orderly. You know, they're ready to like take the stage at the kennel show or something. You know, they're clean and manicured. Friends, Joseph and Mary were worn out. And the stable and the animals, it was dirty. It was unmanicured. It was noisy. And I guarantee you it smelled. That first Christmas was messy. It was messy. You know, sometimes I think we miss Christmas because we try and pretty it all up. You know, we end up missing it because of little stuff that gets in the way. You know, things don't go the way we planned them. You know, family plans. How many of you have family? (laughs) Family plans get complicated. That Courier and Ives, Martha Stewart Christmas that you're planning may end up looking like Homer Simpson's at the helm or something. (laughs) Christmas is messy. It's messy. You know, lights burn out, ornaments get broken. You know, things don't go the way you plan. You can't find the perfect gift. You know, the, the dinner that you're planning, rolls don't raise, 
meat's too dry, someone gets sick, someone will be late. You already know who it is. (laughs) Somebody won't show up. Or worse yet, somebody shows up, you wish they didn't. True, isn't it? Somebody won't say something that they need to or somebody will say something that they shouldn't. Christmas. It's messy. It's just messy. And I know as I say that, some of you are going, oh, come on, you're exaggerating that. Really? Those are the things that create tension. You know, a little relational conflict, some hurt feelings along the way, a little disappointment. You know, things don't turn out the way you planned, and it's easy to miss Christmas. Go, oh, it's awful Christmas. And then how about the major stuff that happens in life? And let me say something. Those of you that get bugged by the little things, when major things happen, it gives you perspective for those little things that really don't matter. You know, some of you, it's been a tough year. You know, I have no doubt. So I've talked to people. Some of you, financial stresses. You know, maybe lost a job. Maybe trying to hold things together. You know, maybe dealing with a serious illness this year. Maybe a relationship that went south, and it means this is your first Christmas alone. For some, a loved one's gone, and you're not even sure if you can make it through this Christmas or not. Friends, this Christmas is going to be tough. And here's what I want to say to you. Don't miss Jesus Christ and your Christmas. Because you need him more than you've ever needed him. I mean, who didn't miss Christmas? Well, the shepherds. Shepherds didn't. These guys are out in the field kind of minding their own business. Luke 2, 8 says... In that region, there there were shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. You know, I, I think part of the reason the shepherds found Christmas that year was they were open to it. They were listening. They were responsive to God. They weren't busy. They weren't rushing and running here and there. They just were listening And God spoke. And I think, for some of you, the best advice I can give you this Christmas is slow down. Slow down. Because when you slow down for a moment, sometimes you can find the very thing you're looking for. Anybody busy? Some of you are going, yeah, I need to be out of here. And, you know. I mean, we got, we got parties, we got shopping, we got travel, we got all this stuff. And I wonder, I wonder, has God been trying to get your attention this year? But you're just too busy. See, what I know is the evil one, the evil one wants to get you really busy this Christmas. So that not only do you miss Christmas, he wants you to get so busy, you know, trying to make a living 
that you end up not living at all, that you miss having God in, in your life. And I want to challenge you to take some time, dial it down this Christmas. You know, take a few minutes, you know, 30 minutes, you know, take five minutes a day, I, I don't know, but take a little bit of time and get alone with God. And let me help you with this. That means no TV, no iPod, no, no phone, you know, but get alone, maybe go outside, you know, kind of like the shepherds, look to the sky and just say, okay, it's you and me, God. Just make yourself available to God this Christmas. You know, simple words like, okay, God, I'm listening. What do you want to say to me this Christmas? Two simple sentences. And I guarantee you, guarantee you, if you will take that moment, that God will speak to you. That God will speak to you. I promise you that God will connect with you. That he'll speak to you, to your spirit. That God will reveal to you maybe some things you're suppressing or some things that you're trying to push away or whatever. God will do that if you just ask him. You know, Mary and Joseph, they didn't miss the first Christmas. You know, I think they could have gotten confused. Uh, they could have all the chaos that was around them. A lot of frustration. And if they'd have dialed in on it, I think they could have got sidetracked pretty easy. They, they could have called it quits with, with God's plan. But they didn't. They let God guide them. And I wonder, I wonder if Luke wasn't trying to give us a little bit of a clue into what was taking place when, when they wrote, but Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, Mary, Mary trusted God to see her through. Mary couldn't fully grasp what she was a part of. There's just no way. But she was open to the possibilities, and she just kept her eyes on God. And friends, I have figured out in life, sometimes I do not know what I'm looking for. But if I remember who it is that I need to look to in my life, it makes all the difference. You know, I wonder what that first Christmas was like. I wonder what Mary and Joseph thought when people started showing up to see Jesus. I mean, that, that had to be a little weird, didn't it? You know, first you got shepherds showing up. You know, these guys arrive, and I'm going to guess they started explaining how they found out, and, and that must have been something to hear. Well, these angels showed up. I mean, can you imagine? You'd be, be like, think about it. You know, anybody new parents here? Think about how weird that would be. It's like, yeah, we uh, had some angels tell you. You're like, a little weird. And I'm amazed at the, the magi. I mean, no preconceived notions. These guys, these guys probably, we don't really know, but probably never read the Old Testament. But they're open to God. They're seeking truth, and they find Jesus. 
And I wonder how many people in Bethlehem, remember this is a small town, noticed the Magi when they came into town. I mean, the Magi would have stood out. There is no doubt about that. That They would have stood out. And I'm sure that people noticed, and I'm absolutely sure because I've lived in a small town, people were talking. <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder how many people, when they saw the Magi, thought, you know what? I got to go check this out. I mean, even if it was just out of curiosity, you know, maybe after they heard the story, I wonder how many people ended up showing up to take a peek at what was taking place in that stable. And here's what I wonder. I wonder how many people, when they looked in the manger, wondered. Is this the child? Is this the Son of God? Is this the Savior? You know, Matthew says, after coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then opened their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. That's what happens when you look in the manger. You encounter God. You encounter God in the manger. And friends, when you encounter God, when you know Jesus Christ personally, you can't help it. You just worship. Friends, if you look in the manger and find Jesus, you can't miss it. You can't miss Christmas that way. Because it, Jesus changes everything. You know, I, I understand Christmas is stressful. It is. Let's just call it what it is. Expectations are sky high. Demands unrelenting. The, it is a pressure-packed season. It just is. But I challenge you this year. You know, plan, plan ahead. And say with me, don't do more than you can do. Or I can do. <laughs> it's good advice. You know, spend time with, with your family, with friends. How many Martha Stewart's do we have out here? Remember, your family and your friends are more important than time schedules, than dinner, than stuff. Remember, Christmas is messy. It's very messy. And some things that you plan won't happen the way you plan them. Lines will be long. You may not find the gift you want. You may get a gift you don't want. <laughs> Something will go wrong. But if you look to God, if you look to God this Christmas, he always shows up. He'll show up in the chaos. He'll show up in the problems. He'll show up in the hustle and bustle. God's waiting for you this Christmas.
Where are you looking? Where are you looking? Let's stand for a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you. And God, I thank you that uh, you came to this world. You know, that must have been some Christmas, that first one. God, I, I like the humbleness of Christmas. I like the messiness of Christmas. It just reminds me that you know what it's like to live our lives. God, I pray that we would just slow down for a moment. That in the midst of the chaos and all the expectations that are either put on us or we take on ourselves, that we just set that all aside. And we just embrace you. God, forgive us when we make this holiday something that it's not. Give us wisdom. Most of all, give us grace. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.